63 years anniversary. <laughs> if that's not a success story, I don't know what is. Hallelujah. Well, I didn't know I was going to preach today until about 9.15 or 9 o'clock. But you know the Bible says be ready in season and out of season. I figured I would testify anyway to what we saw happen over the last couple of weeks. I went on a preaching trip. I went to Texarkana, Texas first and met with some people about starting a church there. And it's going to be under our umbrella. <coughs> but if you look up Renew Church, I don't know if there's any kids here today because a bunch of them got the bug. So uh, you get to stay and hear me preach if there's no children out there, Sheila. But anyway, the, uh, it's a young pastor. He has been a youth minister for many, many years. His father was Larry Cook who pastored up in Pontoon Beach. We helped him launch that church in Collinsville many years ago. I took a whole team with me to go up there and set him in place and in order and then kept going back over the years. We, I helped him negotiate to buy a building and to get the loan for it. Uh, and he bought it from another friend of mine named Eddie Brown and who was a pastor for many, many years and had Destiny University, online university, uh, which Mount Calvary used that, uh, those teachings for their ministry school. And so uh, anyway, Larry passed away. Caleb ended up down in Magnolia, Arkansas, and now he has uh, moved on. 40, 50 miles away, and now he's launching a church. So I met with them and blessed them, and I'll be going back there sometime for more uh, work there with him. And then I went on my merry way down to Brownsville, Texas, you know, and that's a long ways. That's about a 15-hour drive total, 16. I lost track. I just love Texas because their speed limit's 75 miles an hour, even on the two-lane highways. And it's straight and flat, so guess what? Everybody was blown by me, and I was going 78, I must confess. Uh, you know, you got a little grace with the angels, I think about three miles over the speed limit. But everybody else was going like 85 and 90, I couldn't believe it. But anyway, I got there a little bit quicker. And then uh, I ministered there four services. And boy, what a time we had. Brother Pino was my translator. I have more Spanish churches in the United States than I have English-speaking churches that are under our umbrella. And Pino was there to translate, and he told Herman, he said, that's the best services since I've been translating for Pastor Kevin. And that's 31 years he's translated for me. And he's preached with me probably 500 sermons. You know, we're, it's like having a second wife, only he's a man, you know, because he knows what I'm going to say about the same time I'm going to say it because he's preached with me so much. He, he just senses what I'm about to talk about. But we move well together, and when he preaches, if I put my finger out like that, he puts his finger out like that. I mean, it's just like a shadow right behind you. And 
it was just tremendous time. And I've been there many times. I've been going there for 11 years now. And we've seen a lot of neat things. The very first thing that I saw that I prayed for, I said, somebody over here needs prayer. And the associate pastor's right eye was completely blind. And I laid my hands on him, and after three times of praying, that eye came clear. And it stayed clear. He was weeping, hands up, praising God. He was so excited to be healed. And then many others. We had deaf ears open. We had back trouble out of this world. I mean, I've never seen so many people in my life that have back problems and slipped disc or herniated disc and, and vertebrae that were not right. And, and it's funny because I, they would show me where it is. I'd put my hand on there. Many times I felt the bones moving under my fingertips. And I'd say, what do you feel? And they'd say, heat. Or some would say, I feel tingling all over. And that's just the way God works, you know. He, he will manifest His glory in your presence and in your bodies if you believe. How many believe God can heal? Well, He certainly can. He's going to heal some people today, I feel like. And it's funny, on the way over, this passage was going over and over in my mind. I thought, well, I'm going to have to preach that sometime. And then I pull into the church parking lot, and Zach says, I can't come. You've got to preach this morning. I said, well, wasn't that quick? You know, he showed me a passage, and now I'm going to get to preach it right off. And i got to tell you, I didn't spend a lot of time studying. I've preached it before, probably different places. But it's all about Jesus and faith in Jesus Christ. Amen? But I had four wonderful services in Brownsville. Went to McAllen, Texas. I don't know if any of you remember James Littleton. And he was here with us for a time. He worked with uh, Brother Greg Kirk and, and what was the founder or over there before Greg? Uh, Dunn, Brother Reverend Dunn. He worked alongside both of those guys and was there for a while at the rescue mission. And then he ended up going down with Tino in Mexico, helping do some of the work with the brick lane and certain things like that and being a part of that ministry. Because James can speak quite a bit of Spanish. He, he was with me in Miami. That's where he was raised. And he is uh, a disciple of mine, I guess you'd say. He uh, says I'm his spiritual father. And he got healed of AIDS in the 1990s. Is verified. I've seen the results. He tested positive. That's when you have it, right? When you test positive. He tested for AIDS like three times, and his health was starting to deteriorate. And a brother down there in Texas laid hands on him, and God healed him. Then he came to Miami, returned back home, and he tested several times when he was in my church, and it was negative every time. I think he tested something like 17 times. And it was negative every time as the Lord had truly healed him. God can heal anything. You know, if he can heal uh, an ingrown toenail or a headache, that's, that doesn't seem like much of a challenge. But when he opens blind eyes and deaf ears and, and heals somebody of AIDS, then it's kind of hard to argue with the fact that God can heal. He certainly can. So I spent two nights with his small church. 
and the neat thing about it is right behind a tattoo parlor. If anybody saw me going in there, they'd have thought I was going to get a tattoo. <laughs> but uh, we went behind the tattoo parlor, and there was like 18 or so the first night, and then the second night we had like 30. It was like revival broke out in that place. And so many people got healed. It was unbelievable. A little short guy about this tall that was uh, developmentally handicapped from birth. He had hearing problems. He had hearing aids. He had this thing that looked like a microscope on a handle that he would read. He was reading with. And I've given those testimonies. He came forward. He said, I, I'm legally blind. I really can't see other than through this little thing, through one eye. And I laid my hands on him. And he, I watched, and Brother Tino was next to me too, and Jane, and I saw his eye go from a slit to being wide open. And all of a sudden he could see. So you know, God is still doing miracles today. And then I got a day of rest, only I was driving the day of rest. And then I went on to Gonzales, Louisiana, where Garland and Beverly Bilbo have a church. It meets at 9 a.m., and it's called the Miracle Center. And there was about 30 people there, 25, something like that. And I prayed for almost every one of them. There was a man that had been a very hard guy. He had been in the police. He was a detective for many years. And he had, he's the one that caught a guy that was, I think he was a serial killer. And they actually wrote a book about him and this thing. And I don't know how old he was. He must have been at least 70. And his back was so messed up. He was in so much pain. And this man had never come up and let me pray for him before when I'd go there. But he came up, and I prayed for him. He fell backwards. They caught him, stood him back up. I prayed for him. He fell backwards, and they caught him, stood him back up. And I kept praying, had my hand on his back, and I felt the bones begin to move in his back. And I said, well, move around. He moved around, and he had absolutely no pain. He, I believe he was going to have to have surgery. I'm trying to build your faith right now is what I'm doing because God can touch anywhere anything that you might have need of. And so then uh, many others got healed. I mean, is God would show me things, and some people were embarrassed to say what was wrong with them, but I'd say this is what God shows me. This happened at this age, and this is only... I wouldn't s describe the events. I knew what they were. God showed it to me. And I said, you know, I know, don't you? They'd shake their head yes, and they'd begin to weep and cry. Then I'd pray for them, and the pain would leave their body. See, many things that are internal affect what's external. Some people have been abused, wounded, hurt, harmed, intimidated by words, actions, and even sexual abuse that causes them to have wounds on the inside. Now, Wednesday nights, I'm going to put a little plug in. Wednesday night, I'm sharing on inner healing, healing the broken heart. And if you have issues, or if you don't, you're just interested, come out and be a part of that because God wants to heal your past and let you grow into your future. 
and many wounds of the past are like they're under a band-aid or, or there's a scab but it's still infected underneath. And what God does, he goes in and he heals the wound and then what's left is a scar. It, it doesn't, he doesn't take the memory completely away like you don't remember it ever happening. But when you remember it, it's just an event that left a scar, but there's no pain there anymore. God wants to remove your pain. He wants you to be able to function with an ability to help other people that have gone through similar things that need the ministry that you have to offer them. And so, anyway, God did a lot of that. And then, as soon as that service was over, uh, they had already started worship at their New Orleans church in Metairie, Louisiana. It's a suburb. And I mean, Garland and I, we drove quickly to get there. Lucille was with Beverly. We arrived, walked in the door, uh, went to the restroom, came out. They were ending their last song. And then he received the offering and introduced me. It was that quick. I was glad I got to hear at least one song. Something about worship, you know. It sets the atmosphere. It lays down the foundation for the presence of God to move. And so it was, it was awesome. And then I was able to share, preach. One young man came in. I started ministering to people. And a young man came in the door. He looked kind of like he had been lifting weights. Uh, he said he had on his earphones, and he was riding his bicycle. He was staying fit, and he came by, and he heard the music inside the building over the music in his earphones. And he said, something drew me into this place. And he came up, and he, he just wept, had his arms up in the air. He said, I had been using drugs in my past. He said, I've been sober now for... I forget how many months. And he said, I've been working out trying to get my body back where it needs to be. But he said, I needed something more. I heard that music. I walked in. He said, I just felt an overwhelming feeling of love that like I'd never felt before. And when I prayed for him, he just began to break and just rejoice and pray. And the spirit is just awesome. But many people got touched there, many healings there internal healings, external healings, lots of pain left bodies. And it's kind of neat because uh, that church, they like to, to rock the house, you know. It was a multicultural church, and I mean, they shouted me down. I'd, somebody would say, I'd say, is your pain gone? They'd say, well, it's just a little. And I'd say, everybody say, little pain. And they'd all say, little pain, go. And they'd say, go. Y'all want to try that? Little pain, go. And I tell you what, it works. Because the little pain ended up leaving. And their bodies were healed and they felt better. It was pretty awesome. And uh, anyway, let's get into a little scripture. This is what I was meditating on on my way in from my house. In Mark chapter 4, and we look at verse 30 through 33, and it says, verse 30, you can read it out of my Bible or turn around and look at the screen. But it says, He said, To what shall we liken 
the kingdom of God? Or with what parable shall we picture it? The question is, what is the kingdom of God? Comparable or likened to? What is it like? And so Jesus is going to answer the question. He raised the question, now he's going to give you the answer. It is, everybody say it is. It is like a mustard seed, which when it is sown on the ground is smaller than all the seeds on earth. It's so small, you can barely see it. He said, it's like that. It's so small. But if you take that, it says, but when it is sown, it grows up and becomes greater than all herbs and shoots out large branches so that the birds of the air may nest under its shade. It's such a small seed, but it grows into a big plant, or like a tree. And even birds can get in under the shade of that tree. Well, that's how your faith is. Every person in this room, everybody that was ever born, they all had a seed or a, a fragment, if I can put it that way, a measure. If you can measure it, it's small. Some things you can't measure. Even like when Jesus fed the 4,000 men or the 5,000 men and then uh, there was more women and children and then it becomes multitudes. You can't even count them. There's so many. Well, see, this seed grows into something really great and even birds can come under its shade. But your faith, see, he's saying basically, your faith is if it's even like that little bitty, bitty seed. It can grow into a, a big plant, like a tree. So see, it doesn't take much. And God has given every person, like that little seed, a measure. It's hard for me to comprehend anybody not believing in God. You know, But you can try it. If you're in a foxhole in a war... I imagine a few people be crying out, God, help me. And they say they're an atheist. Or some people say, well, I'm an agnostic. Maybe God exists, maybe he doesn't, but he's not involved in my life. You know. Well, I tell you what, I've been in enough trouble at times. I said, Jesus. We almost got hit by a tractor trailer, me and Ron Douglas. He had a, a neat old truck we pulled out on the highway going from one end of town to the other, riding around is what we called it back in the day. Anybody old enough that you rode around? You went riding around? You were looking for trouble is what you were doing. But we found trouble. That tractor-trailer truck slammed its brakes on. It screeched. We ended up on the left side of the highway. Ron's a good friend of mine. And uh, I said, Ron, well, before that, when I saw that truck and the headlights bearing down on me, I was in the passenger seat. We'd pulled out A&W, which was on the north side back then, about where Comfort Inn is. And when we pulled out, I saw his lights. The only thing I could see say, Pastor Ken, was, Jesus! And sure enough, 
we got out of the way. Somehow, we went back later, and there was black stripes on the road from here to that wall. You know, it was just, God saved us. We rode down the highway a ways, and finally, we rode back, and when we stopped shaking, you know. But I could have been dead. I pulled out onto the highway one time on my motorcycle out of the parking lot of the church in Florida. There was a guideline, telephone pole. When I pulled out, there was a car trying to speed and pass. And I knew I was a goner. I couldn't ditch to the side because I'd hit the telephone pole. I just said, Jesus. And then I looked in my rearview mirror, and that car was there, and the other one passed by. I don't know what happened. Somehow he squeezed between us. Somehow God translated me in time of about five seconds to where I wasn't where he was, and he went by us. How many know that's possible with God? With God, nothing's impossible. God saved my life again. There's many times I've had occasions where God saved my life. And you know there's got to be angels. And probably Brother Dennis is watching right now, and he's probably seeing a few up here while I'm talking about it. But you see, if you have faith, then it grows into something. And so here's my first statement. To be in a mature ministry, you must be able to cross over. And we're about to get into that. So let's look at the next verse, 35. And it says, On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Now we know loved ones that have gone on to be with Jesus have crossed over. The Lord's my shepherd. He keeps me through the valley of the shadow of death. And people don't, I mean, even when they pass this life, they don't have all this time. It's just dead space. They're in the presence of Almighty God. And most of them never want to come back if they ever got to that place. That's a crossing over. But crossing over I'm talking about is in your faith. Getting to a place where you can believe for anything that you absolutely refuse to doubt. You believe with all of your heart. And so he said, let's go over to the other side. They didn't understand that fully. They just got in the boat and they took off. I've been on the Sea of Galilee. It's like glass. And you're in the Jesus boats over there when you're on tour. They call them the Jesus boats. They're fishing boats. And they show us how they'd throw out the net to bring in the fish. But you see, it's a deep lake, and if there's an earthquake or shaking underneath, it makes those waves become like the ocean waves. And it's scary. And so we read on in statement number two. You've got to face life obstacles for ministry with dependence on Jesus and your faith in God. How many of y'all are ready to depend on Jesus like that story I told you? Jesus, 
and have him save you from a terrible accident. Well, let's read on. 36 through 38 says, Now when they had left the multitude, more than they could count had come out to him, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. They were all trying to cross over, and a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. Man, when a big wave comes and it washes over, a fishing boat. Now their fishing boat was a little bit bigger than a canoe or one of our fishing boats today. He had all the disciples in there. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? How could Jesus be asleep in the middle, middle of a big storm? Because he is the Prince of Peace. He's the King of Peace, not just the Prince. You see, you've got to face these obstacles. They knew who to go to, though. When you're unsure, go to Jesus. Amen? So we see statement number three. When you come to him... He speaks peace. And that's Mark 4.39 says, Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. All he has to do is say, Peace be still. And all of a sudden it became like glass that's pretty awesome, isn't it? He can calm the storm. He commands the storm. See, let's look at the question. Why are we so fearful and forget our faith? Let's look at verse 40. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? You'd think you got a little faith given to you, a measure. But they weren't believing in it. They had the author and the perfecter and the finisher of our faith in the boat with them. Close as brothers, hanging out together. They'd seen miracles. They had seen him feed the multitude by just breaking bread over and over and over. They had seen blind eyes open. They had seen lepers healed. They had seen all kinds of multitude. People come, their pain leaves. And yet they still forget. It's like, help. Aren't you glad that he still will help us anyway? <laughs> Even if you, you're struggling. That's because he loves you. But he asked them, why are you afraid? Why are you fearful? Where's your faith? But so many times we forget what he had already done for us. 
you end up in the hospital or you, you're sick at home or, or maybe there's bills to be paid. There's various things going on. And you wonder. You know what that's about, really? It's about how you look at yourself. Well, why would he love me? Because you know. You know who you are in the flesh. You know what you've done. You know the mistakes that you made, the choices you decided that you wish you had never made before. And so you're, you're, you're in a conundrum. You're, you're wrestling inside yourself, wondering, my faith? He said, where's your faith? What kind of faith is it? People put too much faith in themselves. Then they think, man, I'm not very powerful. They forget that God lives inside of them. That's why he taught them also, hey, you know what? If you have faith in God, you can speak to a mountain. It'll be cast into the sea. And if you don't doubt but you believe, whatever you believe, it shall be done. It'll be granted to you. If you really believe it. I was telling Randy earlier, back in the back, I said, you know, the older I get, I've got to this place, Josh, where I don't doubt. My whole life is on the line. I just refuse to doubt it. I believe. And I've mentioned it times before I preached a whole sermon because I go to these ball games at the high school and when my boys were playing basketball and and the, the whole student body would chant I believe and they'd chant I believe I believe that we I believe that we I believe that we will I believe that we will I believe that we will win 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 that'll give you goosebumps you see about two or three hundred teenagers chanting, I believe that we will win. Can you imagine in church if we would begin, I believe that we will win. I believe that we'll be healed. I believe that we'll be delivered. I believe that we are saved. I believe that I'll have my miracle. The key word in that whole deal is I believe. I'm going to tell you right now, a lot of teams have won a lot of ball games they shouldn't have won. They weren't as good as the other team. They didn't have enough talent, but they believed that we would, they would win. And whatever it took, when the ball was loose, they dove on the floor and tipped the ball to somebody else, and they went down and scored a layup. Or they jumped higher than they ever thought they could jump. Or they would be in front and get knocked down on the floor and draw a charge in basketball. See, we have to use the faith that we have. You don't need more faith. You just need to use what you've got and it'll grow. That's what I was telling Randy. I believe. I refuse to doubt. I believe that God wins. I believe that what we believe will happen. What we ask for will come about. 
Anybody on this side got pain you want to get rid of today? I'll tell you what, I'm just going to keep this back now. Did I read the last verse? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that the wind, even the wind and the sea, obey him? Wow. If the wind and the sea obeys him, the word of God, then we can stand on his word. I'll ask that question again. Somebody here got any pain in your body? You do? Come on, come on. It won't take all day. Yeah? Low back? Yeah. Okay. Maybe give me a couple of young guys here. John, come up, be my helper today. We don't know if God, I don't try to get people to fall out in the Holy Spirit, but I don't control it either. Will y'all believe? Yes. Yeah. We speak to the pain to go. And we say, low back, line up with the word of God. Allow the power of Almighty God to heal his back and take away the trouble. Arthritis, you are no longer to be a part of his lifestyle. Calcium or whatever's growing in there, we command it to dissolve and for healing to come to his back and let him be energized by the Holy Spirit of Almighty God. Hallelujah. Jesus. Amen. Everybody agree? Say yes. Let's see. Move around a little bit. Is it pain? Be honest. Little. Well, you know what we got to do, don't you? Little pain? Go. Go. In the name of Jesus. I don't know what you felt, but I felt something moving when we said that. Hallelujah. Right down in there. Glory. A little pain be gone. All right, move a little bit now. Better? Little? Tiny? Oh, it's just stiff? No pain, though? No pain? Well, Lord... Everybody stretch your hand towards him. Jesus, loosen that back and touch him right now. Give him a complete touch of the Holy Ghost today. Yeah, let him feel the heat of God and the tingling of God. Glory. (laughs) See if you're looser now. You probably got to do some stretching exercises. Is it better though? Could you do that yesterday? You didn't dare. But today you did that. You bent over. Pain's gone, huh? Well, Lord, we thank you. We praise you. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Where's your pain at? Oh, yeah? Well, here, I'll just shake your hand right now. Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, I thank you that rheumatoid arthritis is under your feet. And we pray that Dave's hands, that there be no arthritis in those knuckles. In the name of Jesus, right now, power of God, touch. We have faith, Lord. 
We're not fearful. We believe. I believe. Yeah, I believe. Yeah. We'll bend them. Any pain in there? No? Well, everybody stretch your hand towards him one time. Lord, he said there's no pain now, but they feel stiff. Let them snap, crack on, pop in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Better? Well, hallelujah. Yeah. Give me a fist thumb thing. Glory. Anybody else in this section? Got pain, you want to get rid of it. Today's a good day to do that, you know. All right, I'm not going to wait long. Mary scratched her chin, I thought she was. You don't want to move? You, oh, yeah. Okay, how about this side? Any pain in your body you want to get rid of? Yeah, come on, Randy. We want everybody to leave well. No pain. Your pain's in your back too? Is that what you're telling me or all over? All over. Your joints. Right. Your knees. Your feet? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, you know what? Norman Parrish taught me to put my hand on the neck because the word of God says that's what we that's what we stand on. The anointing destroys the yoke. And the yoke of yoke of arthritis or any kind of attack on your physical. You know, a lot of women have what's that fibromyalgia? Sometimes a man does too, but I'm not saying you do. But a lot of times it's rooted in things that happened to us. And we have resentments. But, you know, it's not right to go over and hit somebody on top of the head with a hammer, you know, if you got resentment against them. So we don't. We internalize it because we want to obey the law. Well, you know what? Whatever was said to you, to harm you in any way. If anything's been done against you to harm you in any way, we take authority over it, we bind it up and cast it into the sea today. And I pray for his hand to be upon you. Just like that word says, the yoke is destroyed. That's why I got my hand on your neck. We pray it, it's crushed, not just broken, crushed and blown away as if it never existed and now I pray for God to touch you from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. And we command the healing power of God over you. And we say, arthritis, you're under the feet of Jesus. Body pain, you're under the feet of Jesus. And we command you to go. Pain, go in Jesus Christ's name. Hallelujah. And the root be destroyed that tried to harm Randy in any way. Okay, I want you to move some that where you had pain and if you could tell if there's any pain left. You know, bend your knees or whatever. Or your hips. I was doing this. If the person was bending, I was doing it. Hmm? Yeah? Anything else? Pain still? Yeah, be honest. Doesn't mean your faith's not working. We just... You feel good. Your joints? Yeah. Well, we're going to believe that this moment lasts a while. Amen. 
like the rest of your life. So we just speak to it completely, Lord. We just speak health and life into Randy's body. Even prosperity, oh God. We command his prosperity and the money that he needs to supply for all of his needs to be met. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. And we command that pain to release completely. Stiffness go in the name of Jesus for life and liberty to be his right now. Yes, Lord. Wow. You ready to lift weights? No? Hey, I took a lot, I took authority over my body and I started lifting dumbbells. I said, if I can't change some of these dumbbells out there, I'm going to lift some. <laughs> Any more? Anybody else in this section, you have pain in your body right now and you want to get rid of it? Man, I'm glad everybody feels so good. Hallelujah. Well, you want prayer for that? Well, come on. Yeah. Well, that, that little short man, he had that little magnifying, looked like a, a telescope or something, a little miniature. His eye just went, and he saw. And that pastor, the associate pastor, whatever was blocking his vision just completely left. Sometimes it's spiritual. Sometimes it's uh, genetic. Sometimes it's just an attack in your body. But you know what we do? We believe now for your vision to clear up. Yes, clear up, Lord. Just cause her eyes to see better than they've seen in a long, long time. Let her see accurately and clearly in the name of Jesus Christ. What do you see? Yeah. They are. Lord, she doesn't use drugs. No, I don't. She's not psyching out on us or anything, so we just take authority over these eyes to see accurately and clear in Jesus' name. Better? Feel distorted. Feel distorted. Yeah, those lines are heading up there going like this. Every direction. Well, Lord, connect what she sees mm -hmm. to her brain yes. to have the right signals. Yes. And for her to be able to have sometimes it's something like that, see. Mm -hmm. So we ask you to connect her eyes to her brain and the signals that her eyes are sending to the brain to be made clear in that, okay? They are? Well, go in the back and, and then look some more, and I'm going to say just like the leper, that he said, go see the priest, and as they went, their healing happened. As you go, you're going to turn around, and it's going to get better. I believe it. Anybody else have pain? No pain? No little pain? Stand up with me then. Phillips got pain? Come on down. Everybody's standing. I'm going to bless them. We'll bless you before we say the final bless. Hallelujah. Where's your pain? Elbow. Well, 
Lord, right now I just lay hands on Philip's elbow, and if it's tendonitis, like he said, let it be no tendonitis in Jesus Christ's name. And pain, leave this elbow. Bend it. Any pain? Little? It's all gone? Amen. Lift your hands to the Lord who you know the best and love the best. Lord, we bless each one that's here today. We thank you for their lives, and I ask you to let them understand and know they're a child of God, that they are children of the King, that they are the blessed and not the cursed, that they are the head and not the tail. They are a child of God. They have the Word of God in them. They have the light of God. And let them speak the Word of God, which is the truth, and let others taste and see that the Lord is good and that His mercy endureth forever. And everybody said, Amen. Well, God bless you. Well, it's 12.05. I started to say I got you out early, but that'd be a lie. Y'all be blessed. Be friendly.